Hey, baby, I love you. <laughs> the mood may not reflect the music this morning, but uh, I do love that song. Welcome into the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live in the Mack Hike of Flowood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. Little Hank Jr. Blues man, get us going this morning. Or slow us down, man. One or the other. I came on last night while I was working out. I love that song. I listen to hear about it every day. I hit the repeat button two or three times last night. So I don't know why I'm listening to sad country songs working out, but it just really uh, it was hitting my buttons last night. So I love that song. <clears throat> you know, it was, every time I listen to it, and you've ever been around me when the song comes on, you've heard me say this, but Hank Jr. was 30 years old when uh, he released or wrote or recorded Blues Man. Like he was just settling down, winding down at 30. But I was just getting crunk up good at 30. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, 45. Now, uh, Blues Man talks to me a lot more at 45 than it did 30. We'll just say that. We'll just say that. All right, man. If y'all want to chime in this morning, the phone line is 601-879-0002. The Guns and Gear text line, 769-241. 1944. Justin chimes in on the Guns of Your Text line. Says, Love some Bo Cephas. This is Justin. If I ever say anything stupid, you can just blame her talking about his wife. I ain't gonna say his wife's name. But I understand what you mean, brother. If I, I understand what you mean. <clears throat> All right, yeah. Love to hear y'all's text this morning. Uh, Pastor Frank out there in Brandon sent me a Bible verse of the day this morning. He does this every morning. I'm gonna try to start reading them on the air. So uh, let's see here. This morning's is, well, I don't know what, what it is. Numbers. I forget. Numbers is a, is a Bible verse. I forgot that. Numbers uh, 624 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his countenance upon you and give you peace. Y'all will find out that I can't read big words <laughs> and Bible verses get me every time. So thank you, Pastor Frank Hornsby out there in Brandon. Appreciate the uh, the Bible verses. Well, let's uh, let's jump in head first, shall we? Little Jackson crime. A, uh, a 15 year old. I mean, just a kid, man. They just kids, man. Is uh one of the been on one of the deadliest crime sprees in uh, in Jackson history as of late. We're gonna go to WLBT. We'll let them tell you the story, and then we will inject our opinion on it here. Here we go. Three people face serious felony charges in connection to a crime spree throughout the capital city. The apparent ringleader, a teenager, charged with shooting and killing two people since the year began. Investigative reporter C.J. Lamaster joins us now with details. Maggie, 15-year-old Montravius Baker, seen here, faces a dozen felony charges tonight, including murder, armed robbery, and carjacking. He and two accomplices, 20-year-old Tyrese Hodges and 18-year-old Kalia Williams on the end, allegedly robbed three Dollar Generals, a gas station, and two fast food restaurants in Jackson. Now, detectives in municipal court today said that Baker shot and killed 15-year-old Shamaya Anderson more than two weeks ago. He's also charged with capital murder and the death of William Woods. Real quick, the Shamaya Anderson is the 
they had reported it as a 16-year-old, but it was a 15-year-old who got killed in South Jackson, female. Same same person who got killed there. There was a crew of people that leaving her her balloon release. And y'all remember me talking about the two-year-old that got shot and paralyzed, along with his like 15-year-old sister, I believe, got shot. They was leaving her balloon release. Investigators say Baker even bragged about killing Woods on social media and talked about a black Toyota Camry, the same vehicle used in at least two of those uh, armed robberies. Now, there's still a lot we don't know tonight. The judge calling Baker one of the most dangerous suspects he's seen in his five years on the bench. Now, Baker's bond was denied on that capital murder charge. His other charges add up to more than $11 million. And Kalia Williams must pay a $3 million bond for her alleged role. She served as getaway driver for at least... She said, the girl in trial said, my, my mom ain't got that kind of money. <laughs> well, after yeah, around, found out. At least three of these robberies, that again, according to investigators. All right, so I got a lot to unpack here. We got three hours this morning. Therese April is going to join me in the second hour of the show. Eight to nine, darkhorsepressnow.com's very own Therese April will be in studio with me to discuss a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, we were going to start a law call show today. Kind of fell apart on me yesterday. <clears throat> so we're going to put that on ice for a couple of weeks. Let me uh, regroup and get that put back together. So we're going to have Therese in, and those are always fun shows, so uh, no complaints here. But let's jump into this, because this is a 15-year-old with two other folks whose lives are ruined, but, I mean, addition by subtraction to society, I guess. I just want to read down the Montravius Baker's charges, and then I'm going to blow y'all's mind. Montravius, and I know if i got some JPD listening this morning, i got some Hines County deputies listening this morning, I want y'all to make sure y'all are tuned in. Montravius is in whatever y'all jail y'all got him in with a cell phone. And he is uh, replying to comments on the Save Jackson post on Instagram about his arrest. I've got the screenshots. I got the receipts from his Instagram account. So we're going to read those. I mean, we're going to try to decipher the abonics and uh, read those for y'all. But let's read down his charges here. This is from WLBT.com. So they got him for capital murder. You know, he killed a white guy. Killed him, just killed a, a white guy coming out of the woods bow hunting. Uh, William Woods. And robbed him, too. So that's that's capital murder. There is no bond set for that. Let's see. He got him for murder. A Shemaya Anderson $2 million bond. Now these, I tell you what, what. What I'm learning here is you don't want to work at a Dollar General. I was passing the one on Clinton Boulevard yesterday. I wasn't on Clinton Boulevard. But I was looking at it down from the interstate, from 220, thinking... How many times has that one been robbed? Anyway, so let's read down the list here. Armed business robbery, Dollar General, McDowell Road, million-dollar bond. Armed business robbery, Dollar General, Raymond Road, million-dollar bond. Armed business robbery, Dollar General, Robinson Road, million-dollar bond. That's three Dollar Generals. Armed business robbery, Rallies, Highway 80. Armed business robbery, Popeyes, Terry Road. Armed business robbery, Shell Station, McDowell Road, all these $1 million bond. But wait, just like I'm selling y'all ShamWow, but wait, there's more. Armed carjacking, $1 million bond. Armed carjacking, $1 million bond. Armed carjacking, $1 million bond. And just for a little sprinkles on top, how about a little auto burglary with a $50,000 bond? So about $11 million worth of bond here. So uh, suffice to say... <clears throat> Montravius 
will be uh, continuing to do his communications from jail for the foreseeable future. And I will get uh, look. We gotta we gotta call a spade a spade here when uh, one of these judges actually do the right thing, and they didn't do the catch and release. Now, if it has been Tommy Green, yeah, he'd have been back out on the streets, back out on the streets, just trying to get his life together, trying to turn the corner. But uh, this judge did the right thing. Said it was the most dangerous criminal he has seen in his five years there. So, at least there's that. At least there's that. But Let's go to the screenshots. So Therese broke the news, and I just scared her. I shared a screenshot of her Twitter post, so I make sure I give credit for it. And did, I actually kept my smart butt comments to myself for once. And let's see here. Here is here is him commenting here under his post about himself. And if you want to go, it's on the Save Jackson Instagram. That's Save JXN. Y'all want to go look at this, verify this, whatever. <clears throat> it, his his name on there is 7FRMC Capitalist. I don't know, 7 from Mick, 7 from M Capitalist. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, so it says, don't believe the hype. And then some people comment, I'm going to see you soon, little bruh. Another commenter, you'll be back soon, little bruh. Then he says, let's catch up. The other commenter, and I can't read these stupid names, says, boy, that little blank, blank on mafia, I do way more stuff than this. I, look, I, I, I can't read it all. I can't even decipher it. It makes me dumber trying to read South Jackson. I can't do it. I don't, I've though, I am from South Jackson and I can do basic ebonics. Current current South Jackson, I don't speak it. I just don't. You know, I own one of the things they do is they say I O N. And that's supposed to be I own I don't know. Like I don't know is I O N. And F R F R. I guess for real, for real. I mean, I don't know. I don't I, I we ain't gonna try to decipher. We ain't gonna do it today. But uh point being no no bleeps given. He does not care. He ain't remorseful. He's getting street cred for this. And this is Jackson, Mississippi. That's a young Chalkway voter right there. Future Chalkway voter. He'll be voting for Chalkway from jail. I mean, that's what's running around in Jackson at 15 years old. Y'all tell me all the time, oh, Clay, you just talking about Jackson. Because it's black folks and this, that, and the other. No, I don't care. I'm talking about Jackson because that, you don't, oh, my favorite other thing y'all tell me. Crime happens everywhere. One lady called, it, called into this show one morning. I will never forget this. I, I may pull it up and play it. I, I got to find it. But I know I, I was so dumbfounded. I, I, I put the conversation out as a standalone podcast. It, what may have been the worst phone call I've ever gotten. This one lady called and said, Kids is murdering other kids in Rankin and Madison County. They just hiding it. It's just as many murders in Rankin and Madison County. They just hiding it. How do you even how do you even comprehend a phone call like that? But y'all keep telling me this kind of stuff happens everywhere, bro. It don't happen everywhere. I mean, it may happen in other Democrat hillholes like Jackson, Birmingham, Atlanta, Memphis, places like that. It may happen in those kind of places. 
This stuff don't happen anywhere else. And if it does, and when the occasional that does happen, like Pearl, there was a drive-by shooting in a in a trailer park or something not too long ago. Uh, a drug deal gone bad or something. When it does happen, well, they're snatched up so quick they can't see straight. And then they hung up in the Rankin County criminal justice system. See, that's a whole different place than the Hines County criminal justice system. Bubba Bramlett, DA, ain't George Soros funded like Jody Owens. Completely different place. Let's take a break real quick. When we come back, we'll get some text messages. The Guns and Gear text line's wide open, 769-241-1944. The ClayEdwardsShow.com hotline, 601-879-0002. Man, if you want to make an investment into your business, we have a limited number of sponsorship packages available here on the show, and the uh, phone line is one of them. Uh, so give me a call, or shoot me an email, should I say, clay at wyab.com. Calm. We'll be right back live in the Mac Hike of Flowwood Studios. When necessary, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Live in the Mac Hike of Flowwood Studio, the home of the three ninety nine car payment right out there on Airport Road in Flowood. Right there at Airport Road. I keep saying Airport Road. It's Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. I apologize. I apologize. Shop them online. Mac Hike CDJRF dot Calm. They got tons of great specials going on. We got a new commercial for them. Should be plugged in here shortly with some of the updated specials. But they are the home of the three ninety nine car payment. All right, man. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Watkins Construction and Roofing. Man, let me tell you what. <clears throat> I read the same commercial for a long time, and I just got to thinking. I said, you know, <clears throat> when you got a four point eight Google review and over five hundred sixty nine reviews, I think. That I mean, that's basically five stars. I mean, that's five. That's five. That's almost five hundred and sixty some odd five star reviews. I said, why don't we read those? Let the customers tell you, not Mister Radio Man. This uh, this review was from two months ago. This is from Walter Moses on Google. He says, "Awesome roofing company. Would recommend to anyone. Johnny Casada helped us from beginning to end. They had our new roof on in less than eighteen hours with no mess left behind." which even impressed all of our neighbors. We have struggled with leaks around our chimney for many years, and after several hard rains, we've had zero leaks. We couldn't be happier. If you want a roofing job done right, Johnny Casada at Watkins is for you. And let me tell you what, guys. I know, I know Johnny personally. <clears throat> when I worked at Watkins Auto Sales, we shared a building with Watkins Construction Roofing for a little while, the old East Ford over there. And... uh <clears throat> I knew Johnny from way back anyway, but um, got to work with those guys, kind of shoulder to shoulder a good bit, and just they run a tight ship, no BS, come in, do it right. Michael Deere and his team, um, you, you won't have any complaints. And if you want to be comfortable uh, spending money with a with a locally owned business that gives back to the community, you and you you back the blue and any of these kind of events, Watkins Construction Roofing is always there doing their part, whether it's pulling up their big grill and cooking for folks, passing out drinks, whatever. You can't go to a, a big fundraiser, a big charity event in Watkins Construction and Roofing not be involved somehow or another. So please con- consider them. 
if you need any roof repair, replacement, or whatnot. Uh, just shop them online, WatkinsConstructionInc.com, or just go to Google, type in Watkins Construction Roofing, and read these reviews for yourself. Can't go wrong with Watkins Construction and Roofing. All right, so we spent the first segment talking about uh, the 15-year-old crime spree in Jackson. Two people murdered, at least. I'm just I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and guess these for these two murders wasn't his only two. I, mean, I think that's safe to say. The girl, the one, the, as far as this timeline goes, the girl he killed first, he shot her and then stood over her and shot her seven more times as she laid there dead in the street. Think about that. That that's movie type stuff. Cold, cold blooded, cold blooded murderer, stone cold, and not Steve Austin. Cold blooded murderer. That wasn't his first rodeo. You know, we often see these these stories come up every now and then about these mass murderers, these serial killers in Jackson, Mississippi. But the local media, for whatever reason, won't acknowledge them as serial killers or mass murderers even. I don't know. I mean, is it because they're not white? It's like when there's a mass shooting. When it's in a black Democrat city, it's just just called gang violence. But when a white dude walks into a Walmart or somewhere and does it, it's a mass shooting. I mean, if if more than one person gets shot, by definition, it's a mass shooting. I'm still boondoggled as to why our media covers it with kid gloves when it's... um, but I'm just going to say it, when the, when the folks are black. I mean, and you, you wonder why we get up here and we have to have these conversations about black, white, black, white. It's because it's covered differently. The media covers it differently. We want it covered the same. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to treat it the same. So, anyway, back to my point. Mass uh, serial killers in Jackson, Mississippi. You know, what was it last year? Two years ago, something like that, there was a 15 or 16-year-old kid and his crew were running around playing a game, killing folks. I think they ended up killing five, six people. I mean, I could have my numbers a little skewed here. It was at least three or four. Running around playing a game. One of the women they killed at a red light was pregnant, like seven, eight, nine months pregnant. Killed her with her mama in the car and another kid in the car, if my memory serves me correct. Again, uh, it's been a little while, and I didn't pull up the history of it here. But these are serial killers. These are people going out. These are John Wayne Gacy's going out, killing for frills, killing for thrills. That's all it is to it. Quit trying to make it everything about it being gang-related, or as Chakwe would say, it's just a bunch of interpersonal relationships going wrong, bro. Don't worry about it. (laughs) <laughs> whatever we're never I, I know i know me talking about it obviously isn't going to make any of it better because the, the demographic that's doing this nonsense ain't ain't up at 7 a.m listening to the clay edwards show but we ain't gonna normalize it we're not gonna normalize it we're gonna we're gonna hold these politicians accountable we're gonna never quit talking about this if you don't like this content 
you're never going to like this show. Because at the, at the core of it, this is what it is. And we'll, we may talk about all kinds of stuff. I have Therese in here talking about some other stuff today. You know, we'll talk about health. We're going to talk about love, life, sex, and everything. You know, at some point in time throughout the show's future. Everything, n- nothing's off topic. But, or off subject. What am I trying to say here? Anyway. Just, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Jackson and Democrats behaving badly. Let me pull up my email here. I, I got something else that popped up. Give me one second here. I tried to get it pulled up during the break, and it, we got back a little quicker than I than I expected to. Dun, 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 dun. Show prep, show prep. Did I not send myself the email? <laughs> here we go. Let me send myself that email. I'm glad Google saves the drafts because I forgot to hit send. Here we go. I want to talk about this here real quick. Uh, Deion Sanders' daughter. Um, she had to apologize yesterday, sort of. She this this was um originally on Clarion Ledger, but I I stumbled across it on MSN.com. It says DeAndre Sanders, daughter of former JSU coach Deion Sanders, apologized for saying she felt unsafe at the school because of killing on campus. She uh, quote here the thing that. The thing that people don't know is like it is more than football in Jackson, DeAndre Sanders said in an interview with the Baller Alerts show. When my dad makes a decision, he thinks about it from all aspects of his kids. People don't realize he has to get his kids to go to that school also. People don't know that they are killing on the JSU campus every few months. Yeah, they don't know that. They are breaking into locker rooms and stealing from the students. It's kind of like my dad giving to the community. But what is the community giving back to my dad? He doesn't feel safe there. What? What? The Savior don't feel safe. But me and Dion got a lot in common. Let's see here. Click read more. Let's scroll down. Dion Sanders was a Jackson State coach for three seasons. He went 27-5, won back-to-back SWAC championships. JSU also played in consecutive Cricket Celebration Bowl championships. Sanders left in December to come coach Colorado. DeAndre, 30, his oldest daughter. All right, said, when asked when asked whether Dion Sanders felt safe there, DeAndre Sanders said, I don't know what he felt. I'm just saying I don't. I would not have felt safe there. I don't know what my dad felt. I would feel safe on campus, but the stuff I would see and hear, my dad gave a lot to Jackson for him to be doing stuff like, for them to be doing stuff like that. What what more could he have done? He did all that he said he would do. On Sunday, DeAndre Sanders posted an apology on Twitter. And I have not listened to it, so I don't know if it's clean for radio. So I'm just going to read the caption here. Is that, uh, this is her on Twitter. It said, it may not have been every few months, but it did happen. Let's not get it twisted. It's a lot of y'all don't know. It's a lot y'all don't know about. But I do apologize for exaggerating. I had no ill intent with my comments. I mean, look, at the end of the day, Folks is killing each other all over Jackson. And they was killing each other on JSU campus. Why? Before her dad left, just last month, there was a killing on campus at JSU. And I, 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 I'm just going to be honest with you. I think it was some, uh, some <clears throat> homosexual stuff gone, gone wrong. It was, it was suspect. 
It was, it was definitely suspect. But uh, they found a guy stuffed in his trunk or dead in his car or something. So I just think it's funny. So everything we told y'all was going on. I mean, why y'all think Dion left? <laughs> or let me rephrase it. Y'all didn't really think Dion was going to stay, did you? With that kind of behavior, y'all broke in that man's property no less than three times. I know y'all broke in his truck. You broke in his office during a game one time. And you broke in his son's vehicle. That's just three things that come to mind off the top of my head. And there's another time, too, that somebody broke into his truck at um at a hotel out there right off county line. I know it was technically on the Ridgeland side, but I'm sure it was by a Jacksonian. Let's see here. Roger says on the Guns and Gear text line, there's no way she apologized on her own. She had to have been compensated for that apology so it would not affect recruiting. I'm going to be honest. It really isn't even an apology. The headline is misleading because her Twitter post says, y'all don't get it twisted. It's a lot y'all don't know about. And she goes, I may have exaggerated a little. I apologize for that, but whatever. I don't know if it's really an apology. So she just called it like it is. Uh, Bill says on the Guns of Gear text line, why on earth would that teenage murdering thug be permitted to have a cell phone in prison? That's what I'm saying, man. Wherever he's at, whichever, uh, is it Hines County or JPD that got him? I, mean, I hope y'all are listening this morning. Montravius got a cell phone up in there playing on Instagram. So, just saying. And uh, <clears throat> Kingfish text in says a lot of it's retaliation. The two killed at Exxon were drug dealers. And I look, I get a lot of that. I mean, that's that interpersonal violence Chakwe talks about. I mean, sometimes it's just addition by subtraction. That you get the you get a bad guy dead, and then you get a bad guy in jail. You get two for the price of one. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on 1039 WYAB. Rules, baby. Welcome back in to I'm gonna quit saying that at some point, I promise. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. This segment is going to be brought to you by Acme Pizza and Daiquiris, located right out there at Fan and Mart on the Res, right there in front of the bowling alley there. You can't miss it. Central Mississippi's new home for pizza, daiquiris, pasta, burgers, and more. That is Acme Pizza and Daiquiris. Get out there, try them, man. Get one of their specialty pizzas, the Pig, 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 the Hawaiian, the Black and Blue, or 12 others, or not 12 others, they got a total of 12 specialty pieces to choose from, or just build your own. I tell you, I'm going to say the pig, pig, pig is great, but you can't beat just a regular old pizza with some bread, some marinara, some mozzarella, and some Canadian bacon. That's ham. You'd be amazed at how many pizza places screw that up. When you call and order Canadian bacon, I'll go pick up a pizza, and it's bacon. But don't get me wrong. Bacon's great. It's good on pizza, too. But I don't know. I prefer ham over bacon on pizza. No pineapples, though. Pineapples don't go on pizza. Anyway, they will custom build you a pizza any way you like it, with or without pineapples, at Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's. And they also have that wheel of flavor where you can put up to three specialty pizzas on one pie. And that's really cool, too. So you can kind of try some new things, see what you like. And maybe you, there, maybe there's a new favorite pizza out there you didn't even know existed. At Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's. They got nine different frozen daiquiris on that frozen daiquiri machines. They got a full bar, a bunch of great bourbons, tequilas, vodkas, all that different kind of stuff. 
Check them out. Fan and Mart on the Res open daily at 4 p.m. And they are on all major food delivery apps. They also do takeout. But, of course, you can't just go dine in and get the full experience from Chip and his team at Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's. All right, look, I have listened to enough of this DeAndra Sanders interview, and I got my finger on the on the dump button if I hear a dirty word. But I think we're safe here to play this. This is on uh, Twitter. This is DeAndra Sanders, Dion's daughter, uh, basically doing a hostage video apology because uh, I guess she offended some folks, telling the truth. I don't know what it is about the truth. I was telling a friend of mine last night, I was like, you know, you want to make somebody mad, just tell the truth about them. The truth makes people more angry than a lie ever could. I mean, you can tell plenty of lies about me. I just like, yep, that's a lie. You tell the truth, well, that's when my skin crawls a little bit. You know, if you tell, say something truthful about me that I ain't proud of. So uh, Jackson don't like having the truth told about it. Good morning, everybody. So, yeah, first, I would like to apologize for a comment that I recently made concerning the JSU murders. Um, I do feel like that I over-exaggerated due to the fact that every time I did come to town, I was made aware of shootings, murders, robberies, um, on campus, around campus, and in the city. Um, but I really do apologize for what I said. It's just that things did happen while my family was there that the public was not made aware of. But I definitely shouldn't have exaggerated like that. And I do want to say that I do apologize for that. So I apologize to the whole JSU community, the JSU campus, and everyone that's, you know, part of JSU. You know, I don't know what it is about youth, and this is not just her here, and y'all can't see this on <clears throat> on the radio, obviously. She's just not making eye contact with the camera. She's got her hand, like, rubbing her chest and neck the whole time, like she's about to have a panic attack. It is so hard for this younger generation of folks communication like face to face i looking people in the eye communication is so difficult for this generation i started noticing it and i'm gonna get back to the jackson stuff but i started noticing it about five years ago selling cars whenever i would sell a car to somebody in their mid-20s or so or let's just say 28 or younger they can't look you in the eye they would rather sit across i'm not this is not an exaggeration and it's only gotten worse they would rather sit across the table from you and communicate via text than they would look you in the eye and have a real talk about a tough conversation like car notes or whatever. It's so weird. You know, we, we talk about people putting computer chips and stuff in their bodies and this, that, and the other. Man, all they got to do is disguise that thing as a communication device. Oh, man, you won't have to look anybody in the eye anymore. Just put this chip in. You can talk with thought. Man, they'll be lined up like it's a COVID vaccine in a Democrat city. Lined up. They put it in my body. Put it in me. Anyway, another conversation for another day. Let's get check out the Guns and Gear text line here. Um, unknown texter. Sounds like she was forced to do that. Yep. Youth. I thought you said she was 30. 
I don't know how old she is, but I mean, she's 30 is young, isn't it? <laughs> 30 is young. I don't know. I don't have her age anywhere on here. So, but 30 is young. Hell, I'm 45. Wish I was 30. Actually, I'm glad I'm not. If I had to go back to 30-year-old Clay, I don't want no part of it. I'm perfectly content at 45-year-old Clay. I got them, all them mistakes behind me. Long gone. Long gone. Let's see here. Got another text in. Says, I worked at JSU twice, and I'll never work there again because the environment was so toxic. Unknown texture. <clears throat> Man, look. I, all she did was speak the truth. Jackson's dangerous as hell. <clears throat> People dying every day. How many homicides are we sitting at this year? I, I don't care what it is that's wrong. It's more. Let's see here. I keep the homicide tracker pulled up on WLBT. It's, uh, so, eight? I don't believe that. I don't believe it's just eight. Mm-mm. It's more. I bet you it's at least ten. I bet you it's at least ten. Let's see here. What else I want to talk about this morning? Before Therese gets here, we got about three minutes left where we got to take another break here. Did y'all see... Did y'all see where um the black Fox News host got kicked out of a restaurant by a liberal white restaurant owner? Did y'all see that? We're going to talk about that for sure. Let's take a call here first. Hey, brother, you on there? See? Hey. Hey. And yet, and yet these people have the nerve to call Deion Sanders and Uncle Tom a sellout and everything else I've seen them call them on social media just because... Just because he left Jackson State. I'm sorry, anybody in their right mind, I'm convinced, and I know he wasn't living in Jackson, but anybody in their right mind that can afford to leave Jackson has. If not, it's because they can't get done for their home. That's it, man. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to speak for my parents, but I know that's exactly why they're still in Jackson, because they're not going to be able to replace that home anywhere else. And they're just well, I knew a, kind of stuck. I know a guy that has a house in Brookwood Country Grove. It's a bigger home. He bought it many years ago. He told me his taxes are $6,500 a year with Homestead. $6,500. So that's $500 a month. Yeah. My, my folks. He even makes a payment. My folks got a comparable size home right there in Brooklyn Hills, one neighborhood over from Brookwood. And it's, it's the same thing. It is, it's highway robbery. You know, they, they, they bought it, and it was in Byram. <laughs> and then Byram gave weak leadership up there in Byram. I'm talking to y'all. Byram gave that whole Forest Hill Road corridor to Jackson in the agreement for annexation or in the agreement for incorporation. And the only thing Jackson got out was what, Brookwood Country Club? Brookwood, Brookley Hills, Rain Tree, all that stuff. Jackson won. But all the all those people who had been donating to the Incorporate Byron Fund for years and years and years, they let they got screwed. They they left. Man. That that was that's what broke the back of those neighborhoods when they had to become part of Jackson. They're like we're out, peace. Man. That was about, that was about 12, 12, 12 years or so ago now. And I think I think Byram is the new uh, South Jackson. Oh yeah, it is. You know, when they built all those little shoebox homes over there in Fox Run and all those apartments there, it was inevitable. Within about 20 years, it was going to be next on the list. Look, Clay, you know you say that, but yet they've built a lot of them shoebox homes in Rankin County. 
Hey, a whole lot of them. Reservoir East, all the Barnett Bend subdivisions. I mean, there's been a ton of shoebox homes built in Rank County. Yeah, but here's the deal. You just got good leadership out there, man. You ain't got it over here. They, the good, the the the, the high tide lifts all ships. You just had too much money out there to let it to let it go bad. But it, they still trying. They they still trying. There was a there was a murder out there. Not too long. Wasn't it some kid out there shot shot another kid or something a few months ago? I mean, they they had moved there from Jackson. So I mean, it creeps in, man. Hey, look, I got to take a break, brother. All right, all right, bye. All right, we're going to take a break real quick, come back, land the plane for the first hour, then we'll have Therese Apel here shortly, or we'll take your calls. Either way, we'll be right back. 103.9 WYAB. I'm live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios out here at the lovely Cotton Exchange Plaza. I've got about two minutes left of this hour Kind of finish this up. I got Therese Apel sitting across from me. Guys. Try that again. Hi, guys. <laughs> I got Therese is in studio. So in the next hour, we're going to talk about all kind of stuff, man. Uh, she's been covering a big murder case up there in right. Quitman. Quitman County. Quitman, wh- where is that? Oh, it's over in the Delta. Um, and I couldn't tell you what's exactly next to it. I know it's by Panola. Um, so up north, up in north, north Delta. North Delta, north, yeah. So like northeast Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's country, huh? <laughs> Somebody's country. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna talk about the great, the great pumpkin patch, the jack o' lantern, and all that stuff. Oh, and sure. Yes, I'm gonna body shame this morning, y'all. I'm gonna do it. But she's she murdered somebody. So yeah, it's okay. she dismembered a bunch of, or not a bunch of people, but she dismembered people. And smoked, she's evil. Smoked meth and cut up people. Right. Oh, right. All right. Look, we'll be right back. Got Therese April, Dark Horse Press Now dot com in the studio. We're live on one hundred three nine W Y A. B. Peace. Hey, think you could tell us what to do? You think you could tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. How about a little uh, D-Generation X there? Man, I have not heard that since I had a boyfriend that watched wrestling back in the 90s. So uh, It brings back memories. <laughs> so, uh, guilty pleasure here. Uh, oh, Triple H was my favorite. <laughs> they they had the Raw 30th anniversary episode last night. Oh, really? And I was like, anytime they roll, stroll the legends out, I gotta watch. Yeah. It just takes me back to a happy place. And D-Generation came out. D-Generation X came out right. to that song. And I was like, I'm sneaking that into the show tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And our off-air conversation about being Gen Xers. I was yes. like, I think I found the perfect time. <laughs> That's it. That's I completely it. forgot, honestly. And I was like, no, now it's perfect. Now it's mm-hmm. perfect. All right, man. We are live here in the Mack Hike of Flowwood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I got Therese Apel with DarkHorsePressNow.com in the studio with me. And Therese, let's get let's get some business out of the way. Let's talk about Mac Hike of Flowood. I love those guys. Over there. I got their website pulled up here. It looks like they got 
$2,000 bonus cash allowance on challengers and chargers through the end of the month. Oh, man. Because, you know, I'm looking to get rid of my Mustang, but I don't need another new car right now. But cha- uh, chargers are my thing. I know they are. Uh, <laughs> it, well, in, and look, and if trucks are your thing, they've got big Ram, 50, I'm sorry, Ram 1500, Bighorn, and Laramie Edition crew caps, 3000 combined cash allowance plus another $1,000 Bonus cash allowance when financed through Chrysler Capital. So that's four thousand dollars in cat mm. basically rebate yeah. through through Chrysler Capital. I mean, that's a down payment. If you yeah. got let me paint a picture for y'all. If 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 you bought your mark if you bought a vehicle at the top of the market back in say mid twenty twenty one when cars were just ridiculous through the roof. Yep. You haven't had it long enough to not have negative equity. So you can use that four thousand dollars to offset that negative equity. Mm-hmm. And get you a new vehicle and get back in line. Like right. now is the time when you have a manufacturer putting out those kind of rebates to go take advantage of those rebates. Absolutely. So just a little food for thought. Uh, go see them right there at Mac Hike of Flowood, right there on Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Go see Corey McDonald, Abe Morris, the whole team over there, Parker, all of them. Absolutely. And I always like to throw in there that my last three cars I've gotten at Mac Hike, and I have loved every one of them. So. Well, yeah, when I when I, I worked for them and they sent me to finance school, so I'm always grateful for them. Taught, yeah. me, taught me a life skill that uh, nobody else gave me the opportunity to. Actually, my buddy Corey over there hired me at the other store and had me sent off to finance school. So I'm forever grateful. Yeah, good deal. Now you take care of your people. Absolutely. Yeah, take, those are those are great folks over there. Yeah, take care of your folks, man. It goes a long way. My buddy Ready Teddy McRaney is over there selling cars. Now. I saw that. That's exciting. Yep, you know, with just just another person added to a great team over there. Mm-hmm. All right, Therese, now let's get to the fun stuff. Let's okay. talk, before we jump into the murder stuff. Sure. Uh, Gen X. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about being Generation X off air. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, well, you know, there, there are some people who say I'm technically not, that I'm a zillennial. And I just absolutely refuse to be a zillennial anything. Right. I am firmly a Gen Xer. You well, know, and like I said, I like to think of it more in terms of like what your childhood was like than what years you were. Because mm-hmm. there's differing years on differing you know sources. So I think it really is about like, did you... Were you born when there was an analog phone or whatever you call it when you had the landline, you know, and you couldn't dial through and there was no call waiting and there was no um, caller ID and then and and the Smurfs were on. Well, you know, know, also, there's a whole generation of people that don't understand this. I used to call a girl's house and have to talk to her parents first, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, is Allison home? Well, who is this? What do you want to do? What do you want to talk to my daughter for? <laughs> you know, or, or or whatever. And it's like you, you had a, you got drilled by the parents. Oh yeah. And if it was after nine o'clock, they always answer the phone in their bedroom, and you're like, oh, I didn't mess up now. Yeah. You know, like I'm always so grateful to my parents. They put that phone in my bedroom. As a, it was really just to lighten the load on them because mm-hmm. Dad used the phones at home a lot. But so they gave me my own line yes. around 12 years old. I think I got it for my 12th birthday, 372-0600. Still remember the hotline. <laughs> and uh, so girls could call me late. But unfortunately, I couldn't call them late. Right. You know, so they had to sneak with on, on with their little swatch phones. Uh-huh. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, and, and my favorite thing to remember, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day, but like, yeah, you had to call. And my dad was a former prosecutor turned pastor 
who was also attached to a Green Beret unit and would walk around our small town of Hazelhurst with his rucksack on when he was getting ready to, you know, do his yearly two weeks out. And so, like, there was this whole stigma out there about how my dad will kill you in a way that you can't figure out, and then he will pray for you, and then he will prosecute your family for doing it. And so the thing was, when guys called and talked to my dad, he scared the bejesus out of them. I didn't have a lot of dates. <laughs> and if it was like that now, I don't know what it'd be like my as an da- adult. My daughter is 20, and I've still yet to meet a guy that uh, that, that she's liked or anything. Yeah. We were out the other night for my dad's birthday, and there was a <clears throat> there was a guy sitting at the table with him, and I just went over there to introduce myself. And he's like, he's like yeah, I, f- I follow you on Facebook. He's like, but she told me not to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Don't let dad know that we know who he is because then we have to be scared of him. <laughs> I was like, I was like, gosh, I, you know, I may have jokingly said once sometime that I'll kill any guy you ever date or something. I don't know, whatever. Oh, yeah. And I guess she really took it to heart. Yeah. And I've yet to meet anybody that she's that she's dated, but I'm sure she's dated. I had a blind date one time when I was 16 and I was so excited because when he showed up, he was actually cute. You know, I was going on a double date with a friend of mine and, and this guy's cousin. And of course, he comes to the door and he knocks and all that. And my dad met him at the door, and he did that traditional, like, big man intimidation thing. And when we were walking to the car, the guy was like, man, your dad's a little bit scary. And I'm like, yeah, of course, we had a great date, and I never saw him again. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it goes. Right. Oh, You know, what you were saying about how you kind of define who's a Gen Xer, kind of what you did when you grew up. I was telling you the story. I can't remember who I was talking about this with the other day, but they were saying, you know, just imagine riding around a neighborhood now. Maybe it was, maybe I think it was Chad at a back porch. Yeah. And we were saying, you know, you ride around a neighborhood now, there ain't no kids. Yes, yeah, exactly who it was. It was Chad. And we were talking about my buddy Greg Clark's yard over in Brooklyn. He said, you know, you ride by Greg Clark's parents' house, mom's house, and there'd be so many bicycles in the yard because he had the big corner lot. Mm-hmm. You had enough kids playing that you could fill two football teams. And you'd have a full-on football game in the front yard. I couldn't tell you the last time I even see more than one or two kids riding. I'll be honest. I can't tell you the last time I saw a kid. And when I was in Crossgates, mm-hmm. you get a couple kids riding the bicycle. My house was right across the street from the pool. Sure. So they'd be wandering over there. But just generally speaking, there ain't a lot of kids riding bicycles and stuff anymore. I happen to have some in my neighborhood. But it's it's really kind of weird because, like, I mean, it used to be you drove down the road. There were kids in the in the street on their bikes all the time. Now it's almost like you have this attitude like, what are these kids doing in the street? Well, that's where kids. I mean, I'm not saying kids should be in the street, but you know what I'm well, saying? Like they about, should be playing outside. Well, we talking about the streets you know? and the suburbs. We're talking about the streets. Right. In well, Jackson. yeah. So, I mean, it's like I'm driving and I'm put out because there's a bike in the road. And then it's like, hold up. No, like that's exactly where they should be riding their bikes. You know, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right. Um, transitioning Jackson crime. Let's yes. let's hit this real quick. Okay. The fifteen year old that uh, went on the killing spree. Dump, I got his name written down here. What is it? Montravius Baker. Okay. So that's the one that killed the two people, carjacked multiple people, robbed six or seven businesses. Let's yeah. see, two murders, three carjackings, six armed robberies. Right. You know, so you made a tweet about it. I screenshot it, threw it on the Save Jackson Instagram. Mm-hmm. Got a t- almost a sentence, almost a almost a thousand reactions to it right now. Yeah, and he's in the comments. It, yeah, and that's from the jail. Thing. You're 15, and you're man enough, and you're you're diabolical enough to go do all this stuff, but you don't know to not get on Instagram from jail. From jail, 
I can tell you, I don't know who the snitch would have been, but the sheriff found out about that pretty fast. Yeah, that's good stuff there. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I just love that it was my Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, did you think that that was the right place to do that? I mean, of all places. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am proudly a snitch. I will snitch y'all so quick. Yeah. But y'all come acting a fool around me. I'm snitching. Well, see, the thing is, I understand that there's this whole snitch thing out there that society has made. But, like, you're a murderer. Well, you're an alleged murderer. You're an accused murderer. And you're sitting in jail. And you've got a phone. And, frankly, I don't really like it that you have that privilege. Because if you have killed someone, innocent until proven guilty, yes. But there are rules for a reason. And I realize right now that like half the people out there hate me because you're not supposed to like rules. But when it comes to the law, it's the law. And if you've murdered folks, well, I don't think you get to have a phone if I have anything to say about it. I like rules, but also like breaking them when necessary. No, well, me too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm very much a maverick when it comes to everything else. But like you sitting in jail with a phone, I'll tell on you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, all you got to do is go look at his Instagram I, I know he's alleged, but I mean, he kind of bragged about some of these things on social mm-hmm. media, you know, bragged about killing a white guy. Yeah. You know, they walked out of the woods and I've heard some other stories about that, but neither here nor there. I'm not going to disparage the dead. Yeah. You know, this dude went on, went on one of the more deadly crime sprees in the history of the city. And I was talking about it in my first segment this morning. Ain't no way this was his first murders. No. I mean, he stood that the, the first one in the timeline of this one, he shot her. Basically, I'm assuming he killed her. Then stood over her body and shot her seven more times. Yeah, that 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 ain't a first. That ain't his first rodeo. And that's not about anything. Like a lot of the the killings you'll see in the inner city, it is a first time, or it is like I just did it to see what it was like, or it's well, that's what they told me to do, or whatever like that. But when you kill somebody and then you stand over their dead body or their you know dying body and you unload the magazine then that's a that's something else well and it's a female Mm -hmm. exactly i mean there's there's something to that so uh, this is just me speculating a little feel free to not comment if you don't want to so fast forward to her balloon release Mm -hmm. that family leaves the two-year-old and the 15-year-old get shot the two-year-old gets paralyzed and the screets say that that was a revenge thing yeah so the first thing I think is, is that his family? Or is he related to those people and the streets knew that? One thing I can say, and I don't know in this situation, so this is, this is a in general type statement, but a lot of times we see these homicides or these shootings or, or whatever so close together, it's absolutely retaliation. As a matter of fact, when I first came to Jackson, what now, 12 years ago, um, I had law enforcement tell me, like, usually people start getting shot on Saturday, but Sunday, or people get shot on Saturday, but Sunday is the day of retaliation. And so you're going to have homicides on Sunday. Um, And that was back when the streets still had some order, you know, when it was still, um, there there have been gangs throughout, and there have been, you know, groups, cliques, whatever, throughout, um, but they had some structure at that point. Right now, that's that's not what it is. Um, there is no structure, and they will just go out and get revenge because they don't have a hierarchy that says don't draw any more attention or let us handle that in time or whatever like that. 
Yeah. So I was, again, going back to the first segment of the show, I, I mentioned the gang stuff, and these people are serial killers. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you get into the psychological differences, yeah, but by definition, yes, they are. You know, mass murderers, serial killers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what was it last year, two years ago, where the, that little crew of them were going around and shoot randomly killing people in their cars? They yeah. shot. I, I I may have the numbers wrong. I think they killed four or five people. Mm-hmm. One of them being a pregnant woman and child. Yeah. Um, that's a mass murderer. I mean, that, I mean, by definition. Yeah. You know, or serial killer, however you want to look at it, and when it happens in these urban centers, urban cities like Jackson and stuff, it's just considered gang violence yeah and i'm like i think we're really kind of brushing a bigger problem under the rug by just lumping it all in as gang violence well and the thing is the city's not even lumping it as gang violence half the time you know we're still only just now starting to admit that we have gang violence we've been calling it and in a press release not that long ago they had four different homicides in there and they said all of these were domestic well, you go on to see what they're talking about, and they say it's because these people knew each other. Well, Inter- let me tell you something. Interpersonal violence. Yeah, let me tell you something. It's not domestic if you shoot me right now, because we're not in a relationship. Yeah. If you shoot me right now, yes, we know each other, but whatever your motive, it is actually not. Like when they call it domestic and they say it's interpersonal, um, yeah, you stole my drugs is interpersonal. Exactly. Yeah, you slept with my woman is interpersonal, but that is not domestic. No, I, I agree 100%. The, the calling it interpersonal is just a cheap way of saying it's not random. Yeah, and the thing is, they say this is not random violence as if it's going to set anybody at ease. Right now, we're not, I mean, at least as someone who is very versed in Jackson crime, I'm not worried about random violence because a lot of it's not random. I'm I'm concerned about all the people that are being killed because of the, the war going on on the streets. And I mean, they are killing each other. You know, like, if you'll watch these little feuds start on social media. And then somebody will get killed over it. I mean, they're killing people over nothing. Over basically, you have a whole generation of idiots that don't know how to take a joke. Right. They don't understand sarcasm, mm-hmm. and they take it as disrespect. And you get killed over it because they're stupid. Well, and the thing is, too. I mean, I just came from this this homicide or this murder trial over in um in the Delta. And, you know, we talk about it being urban. It's not just urban. It's not just one demographic. It's Mm-mm. right now. Everyone is so self-centered and so egotistical that it's like, how dare you, you know, look at me like that? How dare you bump into me? Like there was a kid killed in Oxford, a top-notch, you know, honors grad who happened to be at a party, was walking through the crowd, accidentally bumped into the wrong gangbanger and got shot dead, you know. But, I mean, this guy was going places in his life. It just was the wrong person he bumped into. This generation has incredibly thin skin, Mm -hmm. but have the balls to kill somebody. Well, it's because they don't understand, like, you're not Jesus, and when he finds you, you're going to have a problem. Absolutely (laughs) right. Let's take a break. We'll we'll come back. Let's get into the equipment murders. That's what I got you here for today, but uh, couldn't pass up the opportunity to have some fun conversation with Mm -hmm. you. All right. This is the Clay Edwards Show, joined by Therese Apel live in the Matt Kike Flowood Studios. We'll be right back. When necessary. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. And this segment is brought to you by A1 Gear and Auto, located right out there on 49 South in Florence. Go see Justin and his team. I called him yesterday with a uh, just a general question about changing the transmission fluid in my 99 Tahoe. 
and got some good advice on what to do, what not to do. So I really do appreciate that. It's always nice having an expert on speed dial mm-hmm. that uh, doesn't mind just sharing a little information with you. He knows I'm going to break bread with him down the road on something, but uh, there's some things I can do at the shop myself or yeah. my, my crew can do. And I uh, just got a little good information from him, and uh, I'm going to do that, change out my transmission fluid. Because some people have said you don't do it on that body style. Like that, that, that older transmission, yeah. it, it can cause more damage. He's like, no, don't flush it. You know, where you shift everything around, he's like, just drain it and do it this way. Wow. And, and you'll be good. So, uh, that, but that's the kind of professionals you're dealing with over there at A1 Gear and Auto. If you got any issues like that, if you got any, uh, your torque, that was, mine's a torque converter issue. So that's what, that's what the conversation was about. If you've got a torque converter issue, if you've got um, gear, ring, pinion, axle, stuff going on, or so much as just your check engine lights on your air ain't blowing cold, get out there to 49 South, A1 Gear and Auto, go see Justin and his team. Uh, we appreciate them supporting us and letting us do what we do here. So please go and Absolutely. repay the favor. Support them guys because they are they are one of us, I can assure you. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm joining in the studio, Therese Apel, DarkHorsePressNow.com. Therese, let's talk about K2 and Jamie Lynn Teletubby. I mean, Jamie Lynn Tubbs. <laughs> so this is a case that's been going on. We've talked about it here on the show before. Um in 2019, this couple disappears. Will Polk, 23 years old, and April Jones, 36 years old. Um, and they, it was just like, poof, they were gone. And um, local law enforcement for a little while was just like, oh, they ran off together, you know. And, and they were in the drug scene. So, you know, there's a lot of speculation about, like, where did they go? Are they in Hawaii? Whatever. But the fact was they didn't have cars or anything like Like, there was no way for them to have gone far away. So in January of the next year, so that would have been January 2020, I think, um, Will's brother gets killed in a car accident, and Will doesn't come back. And his family knew that meant that he was not coming back either because he would have been there for his brother's funeral. So that snowballed into this huge investigation. Um, They end up making several arrests at first. They had two different um, false confessions and, and then end up, because the guy made the false confession at first, the actual killer came out and said, I got to talk to y'all. Like, he didn't have anything to do with it. And it's because this guy, K2, Keith Coleman Jr., known as K2, um, is that egotistical. He didn't want anybody taking credit for his murder. Now, the thing was, he wasn't on the radar. So he could have absolutely kept his mouth shut and we would still be wondering what happened to them. You know, but um, so anyway, he during all this, he's, you know, he's working with Jamie Lynn Tubbs, who in and this is what you're referring to um, her descent from her pre well, her meth figure to her off meth figure. Um, has been the subject of a lot of discussion. About 100 pounds. Yeah, that's what I was told is she gained about 100 pounds. And and that said, I'm not somebody who gets off into those conversations very often. But I mean, Let me stop you real quick. If anybody on the text line wants to see the before and after, I made a, I made a meme with some photos from uh, Therese of a before and after, if you want to call it a meme. I will text them to you, but you got to text the Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1944. I will send you that pic. Yeah. Right. And, and the thing is, so... I mean, to kind of take it the other way, too, as we discussed Keith Coleman and and we heard these, you know, stories from the he had two babies, mamas that at one point were living together um, because he was I mean, the thing is, say what you want. And yes, they both had some after the fact type charges that could have been brought against them. But you listen to the testimony and these women were as beat down and brainwashed as anyone I've ever seen. 
Um, so you hear all this, you know, you read the story about the baby's mamas and you believe that Keith Coleman has got to be some big NFL linebacker looking dude. And let's paint the picture. This is rural Delta, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. As rural as it gets. Yeah. The Dollar General and the Dollar Tree are in the same building. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. you've got the Dollar Holler up there. I mean, right. all, I don't all think that. they even had those. I mean, like there's a grocery store. Yeah. And uh, and it was I mean, I'm not I am not making fun because I love small towns. Well, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just painting a picture that, yeah. the, you know, it's a small because you, you, you wonder when you live in a place like we live, you have a lot of options. Yeah. You wonder how somebody can get that beat down that all that. And you get somewhere in the middle of nowhere, poverty, there is generational there. poverty. Yeah. And it's just it's a different mindset. Well, and one thing that I noticed and I alluded to this on my Facebook the other day, but the way they handle things there. And it's not all of them. Like there's there, this. We're talking about the underbelly here, the mm-hmm. drug scene. Um, there are plenty of just really fine people there, but they the way they handle things is they talk a bunch of mean crap. You know, they do that whole like I'm coming to whoop your butt type stuff. Um, and there is no other culture. And at one point, even the defense attorney said, like, I know that you guys are having a hard time putting yourself in these women's minds. You know, talking about the baby's mamas, and he said, but. Think about a world where, you know, it's different than our world, like where drugs are like food, where violence is exactly, you know, the way you handle things, where hitting a woman versus killing a woman is the better option. Um, Because he was talking about how K2 had allegedly he his story was that he went and told everybody he was going to go kick April's butt. In the end, of course, he kills her. And he's saying, you know, the defense attorney doing his job he he put on a good case but he just said you know think about the difference in a world where this is the the law he was just going to go beat her butt he wasn't going to kill her and you know then you stop and think like yeah that's that's a whole different life than so most of us know so what was he going to uh, why did they kill him i guess that's what i'm getting at so the reason they killed april is because, and, and Keith Coleman talked a lot about all his women and his sexual conquests. Um, at some point, he alleges that he and April were in this house that he sold his drugs out of, and they were alone, and so they end up sleeping together. And then he tells her where he keeps his drug stash in this locked room that's usually locked. Well, he leaves it unlocked, and next thing you know, there's about fifteen to $18,000 worth of meth missing. So he's mad because he believes that April stole his meth. He also believes that she's a snitch. Now, I talked to local law enforcement down there. She was not snitching. Now, Jamie Lynn had this whole situation, and I have actually been getting angry emails about this because there was a a guy named Lil Dusty, and and Jamie Lynn— Is he white or black? He's white. And, um, And Lil Dusty— had been apparently seeing. <laughs> I had some jokes about that. Right, seeing Jamie Lynn, and then allegedly slept with April, and so Jamie Lynn was very angry because April interfered with her relationship with Little Dusty. But some some research shows that Little Dusty was actually seeing somebody else that he's still seeing at the time. So at one point, even you had the prosecutor telling the jury. In loud tones, like everybody here sleeping with everybody. The gene pool, you know, <laughs> like yeah. So, but the fact is, then April tells the. I mean, I'm sorry, Jamie Lynn tells the police. Well, it's not just about little Dusty. She was a snitch. I'd kill her again for being a snitch. So after that, of course, they they take their head and hands off, and uh, and unfortunately for K two, that's that's what 
he ended up telling his baby's mamas about, you know, getting them mixed up in is at one point he, the one, there was one that saw him dispose of both, of both Will and April's um, body parts. The other baby's mama, he actually gave her Will's head and hands in a bag. She didn't know what it was. He just set it in her trunk. And he said, I need you to carry that for a few days. And the next morning she woke up and she was thinking it was drugs. So she was like, whatever you put in my trunk, you come get it today because I got to go to work. So he came and picked it up. In that time, she picks up the bag by the top. You know, imagine a grocery bag, picks it up by the top and steadies the bottom with her other hand to take it to his car and put it in his front seat. And she felt something in it that felt like an ear or a nose. And at that point, she said to him, what did you do? You know, but that was kind of the end of that um, for her um, at that moment. But then at some point, he started stalking her at work. And she ends up losing her job because he's sitting outside threatening everybody. The baby mama. The baby mama. And so she has to end up moving back into the house with him and the other baby mama, which they had lived that way before. So luckily, the baby mamas get along because they've both been beaten half to death by the same dude. You know, so like at some point, they trauma bond over all this. And at some point, their collaboration was kind of what drove them to as soon as he's put in, in jail. They went to the cops, but they were like, I'm not going while he's still out because he'll kill me. Yeah. You know. So were they granted immunity? Um, t- to the best of my knowledge, they were not charged or have not been yet. Good. So. I mean, it, it sounds like they've, they've, done, they've been through enough. And that's the thing. You had a lot of people that are, are fired up because they weren't charged. Um, but after watching the, their testimonies. I mean, I cried all the way through one of them because her life had sucked so bad. And the other one, she was tougher. She was street hard. But you could still see the damage that had been done by being associated with this guy. And and one of the cops told me that when he was asking them questions, they said, look, we're not even his girlfriends. We're his property. You know, and I just thought, what a way to live. Well, did they ever figure out who's, who stole the meth? Uh, apparently, April may have, yes. Okay. So, so but she was not snitching. Went snitching. She just, yeah, you know, just took the drugs. Dope man, dope man. All right, let's take a break real quick. Come back. We're going to talk about this some more. I got some questions. Oh, a little dusty, no dusty butt. You know, you a little dusty butt on out of hell. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Clay Edwards show with Therese April. We'll be right back. Breaking rules when necessary. This segment of the Clay Edwards show is brought to you by LS Autoplex. Y'all know it. I work out there. I sell cars out there, but I also buy cars from you out there. So if you're selling yours, get by and see me. If you know somebody that's selling theirs, send them to me. Make sure they mention your name. If I buy their car, I'm going to send you 150 bucks cash money. Like the record company. I mean, like the right. Re- yeah. Like the record money. Company. Cash money. Taking over for the nine, nine and the 2000. <laughs> uh, I'm going to send you cash money. 150 bucks. If they, if I buy their car. So, if you're in the market for a pre-owned good truck, you know, not scared of something with 100,000 miles or so, want to save a little money, I'm your guy. Come see me. Cars, trucks, SUVs, got it all. Check us, check us out online, ellisautoplex.com. We are buying four, five, six cars a week. We sell them four, five, six cars a week. Inventory's ever-changing. Keep up with our website. Go follow us on social media at ellisautoplex. Uh, we got deals of the day, all kind of good stuff going on over there. So come see me. I get there about 11, 30, 12 o'clock every day, and I'm there till close. And just because we close at 6, don't mean I leave at 6. Last three cars I've sold, it was after 6. Mm-hmm. So I ain't scared to stay late if I need to. It's at Ellis Auto Plex. Come see me. Clay Edwards. I work there. All right. 
We're live in the Matt Kike of Flowood Studios. A lot of car lots. Yeah. A lot of car lots. I, li- I like that uh, the, the car lot folks support me. Yes, that definitely is a game changer. You know, it, it, well, I spent 12 years doing it. It was inevitable. Yeah. You know, now I just need a bar and restaurant, another bar and restaurant on here, and I'll have covered all my careers. See? I'm trying to think. I guess all I've ever really been is a journalist and a public information officer, and they don't buy ads. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Well, as life goes. Yeah. All right. So we're wrapping up this K2 and, and Jamie Lynn Tubbs stuff here. K2, that's that's kind of a cool name. I probably need to call him something different. Yeah. So you showed me a picture of Lil Dusty. Yes. And let me paint this picture of Lil Dusty. Uh, think Rankin County Trailer Park. No knock on y'all. It is what it is. Uh, think Rankin County Trailer Park. Think that little skinny dude that thinks he's got game. He's also possibly a white rapper. Little Dusty don't have facial hair, but for the sake of conversation, a little you know the guy that can't grow a beard but thinks he can, got a little sprout on his chin. That's a little dusty. Probably weighs eighty five pounds. Wears urban wear. Probably something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, thinks he's a player. Likes big girls. Well, no, that's the thing. They weren't. It, she wasn't like that back then. So. It is. It, I'm painting a fictional version. Okay, sorry. A, a fictional version. <laughs> I of didn't mean here. to interrupt the poetic license there. <laughs> you know, it's all, it's always the guy that's as big as a pinky finger that likes a 300 pound girl. Hmm. I see. I, I'm a people observer, mm-hmm. and from the years in the nightclub business, I will never forget this one time. This big old girl, big old girl, had this little skinny, skinny dude hemmed up, like he was like role reversal here, up against the wall with his legs wrapped around her. Oh God, making out and. If I'd had a camera phone then, it had to have been 02, 03, somewhere in that time frame, uh, it would be a meme st- right. still to this day. Right. But uh, anyway, that's a little dusty. Yeah. And and I have to say, I've heard quite a bit from his family because his name came up in court and I quoted it in a story. So That's a trial you don't want your name coming up in. Oh, but there were so many names because there were... When I say that these... this, I mean, it was a soap opera beyond a soap opera... In the Delta. No, you really, yeah. One of the textures on the Guns and Gear text line said we really needed to, or you needed to do a long form podcast about this. It's just so many weaves and webs. And yeah. Well, and if you read my coverage, I, I, I had a story each day of testimony and it was really hard because one thing that you find these days is that you can write a long form story, um, but you can't make it as long form as it used to be because people don't read like they used yeah. to. So I there are so many details that I did not put in those stories because the question was, yeah, I could keep this thing going until, you know, next week, but I want people to actually read it, you know. So um, it is there is a lot to this case that and, and a lot of involvement that um, if you were to go from the beginning to the end and deal with each person they thought was a suspect and the various reasons they did you know and and the involvement of the different law enforcement agencies with each other and there there were so many different um just facets of this um and the fact that honestly i mean wlbt covered it a little bit at the beginning and and it was my story um while i was there but then while i'm sitting in that courtroom with one of the craziest like most weirdly detailed murder trials that i've been to um, it was me and the small town newspaper that doesn't have a website. We're the only media that were there. That is, I mean, this is a crazy, and this is going to, you know, you'll get removed from this a few years 
And this will turn into one of those urban legends. Yeah. Well, and I think this is the one that like Dateline or somebody will dig up and be like, why is there nothing about this? But it's the kind of story that goes on Dateline. That's the kind of, this is the kind of story movies are made about. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is time to kill type stuff here. Oh, yeah. More so, I think. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's real. Yeah. I mean, like this. The, that's the one thing about re- f- fiction or tr- reality trumps fiction because mm-hmm. you can't make this kind of stuff up. No. And I mean, one of the things that I would love to look into when I finally have enough of a staff that I can do deep investigations is when I first went to Crowder, when I first went for the, the vigil that they had at the beginning, um, I stopped at a gas station. And, of course, in a town of 1600, the girl was like, you're not from here. And I was like, no, I'm here for the vigil. And she starts telling me that there are so many other people missing in Quitman County, that people have gone missing for a while in Quitman County. And then somebody else said that um, a law enforcement officer said that there was reason to believe that there was another missing person connected to K2's circle. Um, I didn't get into the details with him, but there are things like that that would be interesting to follow up on. Well, just like we spoke earlier about this 15-year-old running around killing folks in Jackson, ain't you... Ain't just like he ain't stand over that that the girl he killed and shot seven extra times when his first rodeo. Right. I'm just going to go on a limb here and guessing that cutting two people's hands, feet, and head off or whatever. Right. That that wasn't their first dance. Right. They had done this before. Yeah, and there are a lot of pieces that never made it on the record. Um, for instance, he had some. He has a voodoo queen in his family, and so when people talk about like where does this evil come from, you know, well. I don't know a lot about her, but I heard some stories about just, you know, rituals and things like that. So it, it's like you could, this is, it's just such a, like I said, weirdly detailed story that if you could get into all of it and make it into either, like I said, a, a podcast series or a, a movie or a dateline. Of course there's you know, a voodoo queen in the story. Of course story. there is. <laughs> <laughs> and he escaped from jail twice. During all this. Did he? He did. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, at one point when he escaped, um, the two babies mamas like went and picked him up and brought him clothes and stuff like that. And it was because now that he's out, they were terrified that he would come kill them. See, now my so, opinion changes. Now well, it does. That, yeah. Now I think they should be charged. But they were afraid of him, that he was going to come find them if they didn't help. I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. But. But still. Yeah. <laughs> See, so many personalities, so many details. It, 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 yeah, this has to be unfolded in some in, a, in an order that makes that can that, that, that can paint a picture. Yeah, this is too much. I mean, it when you saw these people testify and you realize how many other people could have testified. Like when I heard they thought it would be three days, I was like, this is in no way a three day trial. And they they fit it in by cutting out a lot of people that could have testified, but also they had confessions from the lips of jamie lynn and k2 to everyone they knew you know man that's wild all right <clears throat> we'll come back for one or two minutes and i want to ask about why it wasn't a capital murder okay all right this is the clay edward show joined by therese apel darkhorsepressnow.com we'll be right back and look i got three hours today so y'all don't go nowhere i'm gonna be here for a while on 103.9 wyab The Clay Edwards Show, live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios with Therese Apel. Therese. Yes. Let's jump into this while I got you for a few more minutes. Okay. Everything about this case says capital murder. Absolutely. It, kidnapping and then a crime, murder mm-hmm. in, in conjunction with another crime. Right. That's capital murder, right? right? Just like with this 15-year-old kid, 
he was breaking in that guy's truck, then killed the guy. Capital murder. Absolutely. This is capital murder. Why wasn't it charged? Why was it? Why was it that the conviction they went for? Well, um, so I I did not ask the prosecution themselves, but I did ask some law enforcement. You know, why is this not a capital case? And they said that um, there was a little bit of doubt as to whether or not they could get a conviction. So they decided to do murder because they feel like a jury would be more likely to um, to convict on murder charges that lead to life in prison than to decide on somebody's life. Now, that said, this jury, I've seen a lot of juries, and this jury was no nonsense. They were professional. They were... They their faces reacted. I was to, just about to ask because you would think they would be scared of retaliation in mm-hmm. a small town like that. Everybody knows everybody. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I watched them throughout, and and this jury was unafraid, and they were deeply moved by the testimony of of well of the baby's mamas, and then you know the at one point Will Polk's mother testified. You know there are some things that that you saw them just physically reacting to their emotions. You got to be somewhere at ten, right? Ten thirty. Yeah. Can you stay for one more second? Sure. sure. I, I, I want to wrap this up. This is just too good. This Sounds is the good. Clay Edwards show. I'm going to bring Therese back for another ten fifteen minutes on the other side of the break. Here, hour number three. Uh, All right. The Clay Edwards show, joined by Therese Apple, live on one hundred three nine W Y A. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. This is hour number three. Good Lord, I remember when I couldn't talk for an hour. Right. Now we're doing three of these. Gosh, <laughs> I apologize to y'all out there. I'm sure y'all are punching your windshield right now. Why won't he go away? <laughs> Why won't he go away? Well, well, there are plenty of people that are probably like, oh, good. Now I can listen to this for another hour. Well, maybe so. Maybe so. And I do appreciate them. Shout out to the ones who have been on with us since 7 a.m. Right. Uh, we're live at the Mac Hike of Flowood studios this segment is going to be brought to you by guns and gear located right out there on highway 51 i love those people yeah where they yandale road is that the crossroad there i think so yeah yeah 51 at yandale road i can road. get there but i couldn't tell you what road that is <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's be honest once you get on the other side of ridgeland between or madison i mean <clears throat> going down 51 it's the only thing between there and canton yeah you know right there on the right that nice shopping center mm-hmm. the big new gas station right in front of it there absolutely that one little area right there so uh, stop in see them for all your gun Ammo, gunsmithing, and Cerakoting needs. And uh, as Therese always talks about, man, you've got a great staff. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the, I mean, there are so many things to say about them. But, you know, probably the two that I hear the most are girls, you can go in there and talk guns, and they're not going to talk down to you. And like I, li- I love to talk about, I had a gun Cerakoted there um, because I bought it in silver, but I want it in black. They just didn't have it in black. You know, like they trying to order it. We couldn't get it in black. So I had them Cerakote it, and they added just a little bit of blue so that the color is unique in all the world um, on that gun. So I have this one-of-a-kind gun that is exactly what I wanted, but I also know that it is just a little different than everybody else's. No, that's you know? cool. But look, get out there, see them in person, or shop them online at gunsandgearms.com. Valentine's is approaching, fellas. Get your girl a gun. That's right. I mean, especially if she got to come through Jacktown. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not just a protection thing. Like, I mean, some guy shows up with me a gun for Valentine's Day. I mean, that's going to be a good Valentine's Day. That's going to win. He's winning. That's that's he, a he win. He wins Valentine's. Yes. Yeah, it's a great gift. It's great protection. The whole nine yards. You can get it all there at Guns and Gear. Absolutely. Highway Fifty One North in Gluckstadt. All right, Teres. I had to hold you over to sure. hit, hit a few things here before you go. 
this this jury selection mm-hmm. in a small town. So was this jury from there or were they brought in from outside of there? To my knowledge, they were from that area. From that area. So that was some people who had had enough of their community being terrorized. I'm quite sure that's the case. Um, and, and it turned out one of the jurors, um, I kept thinking she looked familiar, and she was somebody that I had actually worked with in a former life as a teacher. Um, and so she contacted me afterwards, and we didn't talk about the details of what they discussed, but she was just saying, you know, thank you for being willing to cover it because, I mean, she said, you know, just they were just floored by what they heard, you know, and, and it should be hard. And she didn't say this. These are my words, but it should be hard to consider taking the rest of somebody's life into your hands. But there was no question for them. You know, I think it took them 45 minutes to decide. Like we didn't even leave the courthouse. That's good. That's good. It's good to see when justice, when it, when when the wheels finally start to spin, right? When when it when they spin fast, and you know this is this is done because it did. I was expecting you to be up there a little bit longer. You know, I mean, kind of following your coverage and stuff. Yeah, like I said, I was sure based on my experience that this was not a three day case. This is the kind of case that could take ten days, two weeks if they wanted it to, um, and they didn't call. They didn't call. Um, one of the the main investigators in the case, um, because I think there was some, you know, jurisdictional back and forth. But um, in the end, there was so much that could have been added, but they did what they needed to, you know. And I mean, as far as it goes, they they plugged it in those three days, and the judge was like, you know, we're getting out of here, and we did because there was nothing really to deliberate. Apparently, I mean, you just go back to real, real quick, just just for my own clarification. The time that they ended up missing, from the time they disappeared to the time they actually figured out, all right, he didn't come back for his brother's funeral, something's up. What was the gap there? That was three months. Three months. And that was when the family um, ended up, like, doing their own search party. And they found some stuff. And there's some, again, there's, I mean, a small town with Mm -hmm. a big case. You're going to have a lot of back and forth. But the family found some things that belonged to the victim's. Um, and of course there were folks that said, no, no, those were planted there, you know, just whatever. Um, but that was where it really began that like, instead of just being like, I don't think they're okay. It was, they're not okay, you know? And, um, and so that went on for several months. And then when the year anniversary came in October of 2020, that was when they contacted me and I went and covered the vigil for WLBT. Um, and then, you know, it's been two years in the making in investigating the case, finding the suspects, you know, dealing with all the different pieces and then bringing it to trial. So for people out there thinking right now, well, why didn't they just ping their cell phones? And let me just tell you on that. Most of the time in these poverty, drug stricken type situations, communities, man, they're using little go phones. They ain't, they ain't got a they ain't got an ATT plan. You know, there's just a lot of that technology is still non-existent up there. They may have a flip phone. The may not even have a phone. Yeah, and it's funny that you bring that up because I know there was some discussion of the phones, but I don't remember now what it was because it's been mm-hmm. you know, two or three years since I talked about it. But um, I do remember that it was it was like a no-go, like the phones weren't going to help. Yeah. Um, and, and, well, that's usually what it is. Yeah. I mean, just you still kind of moving these circles a little bit and you'll see people that they, they hadn't moved up to this yet. And I'm holding my iPhone here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're living in the future down here compared to what's going on up there in the Delta. Right. Right. I mean, it really is just a different speed up there. Well, and I think it's it's worth saying that, you know, the families of these two, um, while they were involved in the drugs, um, their families were, were a different kind. You know, they, they weren't necessarily 
in those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, April had seven children. The oldest was, I believe, 19 when this all started. I didn't even think and, about this aspect of it. Yeah. And so her, her oldest daughter, who is, you know, really just a beautiful girl, respectable, you know, has been heartbroken at the way her mom was living throughout. But they were close. Um, it, when she knew everything was wrong was right away because, first of all, you know, daughters and moms have that connection. She couldn't feel her mom anymore. But also um, she was like she never would have left the little kids. You know, she had some some younger children and uh, and she was top of her class at Crowder High School, maybe. Um, But, you know, had a lot of promise um, in her early days and then drugs just took over. And then with Will, the sad thing that, that they talked about multiple times with Will was that he was just there because of April. Um, he just, you know, they had been seeing each other in whatever way, and he was there because he was with her that night. And Jamie Lynn allegedly even tried to talk him out of going with him that night, but he wanted to get in the car with April. And so in the end, uh, they used a phrase that wasn't, um, <laughs> the judge had to tell the chief deputy to quit using a word that means um, girl parts, but they just said he was chasing April that night, and that was what got him killed. Sure. I can't say any of that on the radio. Yeah. She got that killer, 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 killer. Yeah. Oh, masterpiece on there. But, man, that is a wild story. And we unpacked. A, you did a hell of a job today. Thanks. I've been trying to condense it for about two or three years now. <laughs> you, you, you did a hell of a job. The text line, people are in, uh, they're loving it from a storytelling. Yeah. Not, not the, how it all unfolded. But from a storytelling thing, amazing job today, Therese. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Well, and if you want to go read the stories, go to darkhorsepressnow.com and go up to the right top right-hand corner, you'll see a search bar. Type in Will Polk or April Jones, and it'll bring up all the stories we've had since Dark Horse Press started. Now, it did begin a little bit before we did, but there are links in those stories to the story I did at WLBT as well. I'm glad you said that because I actually got on there yesterday trying to find the most recent story. And I could not find it on the homepage anywhere. I finally had to go back to your Facebook page. And that's right. the post I shared. Well, and unfortunately, we, you know, that's something we want to address with our, our website is that as we have more news, it cycles off that front page. Mm-hmm. So you have to use the search bar. But um, I would like to be able to do like a landing page for the major cases and stuff like that. Yeah. No, so no, we're working on that. No doubt. Well, this was cool. Look. I know you got something you got to do. I would love to have you start coming back and doing the show a little bit more. I'm putting you on the spot here. Sure. Uh, people love it. I get asked about your episodes more than I get asked about my own. So wow. open invitation anytime. Okay. I'll start pestering you about it and uh, we'll get you on here more. All right. We're going to take a break. Therese, tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, at darkhorsepressnow.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, but if you go to our website looking for these stories, you can either go straight to Google and put Dark Horse Press and then Google April Jones Will Polk, or you can go to darkhorsepressnow.com and go to the search bar and put in one of their names and you'll find it. And let me snitch on her a little bit here. Uh, go follow Therese on TikTok. Oh, yeah. For, for, <laughs> for, for great dating advice. <laughs> That's where I go be a frustrated single girl. <laughs> No news over there. It is just uh, frustrated single girl stuff, and she is hilarious. Thank you. She is hilarious. All right, we're going to take a break real quick. When we come back, uh, we're going to peel back the onion, talk about some things, and uh, have a good end of the show here. Tress, thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, we'll be right back. All right, bye-bye. To the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. This segment 
going to be brought to you by my good friends over at Lakeland Glass and Tent. Go see Jason Anderson and his team today and get your windows tinted, my friends. I just got them done in my Tahoe. I love it. Y'all know my eyes are a bit sensitive at my old age. I've complained about it at nauseum on this show, uh, driving out here in the morning times and you bright Ford truck having folks with your bright headlights, your nuclear powered headlights getting behind me and just blinding me in three different mirrors. That is not a problem anymore. Uh, all I have to worry about is the ones coming at me. I can live with that. If I'm not getting it from 360 degrees, I'm good. Thanks to Lakeland Glass and Tent. They can get you taken care of home, car, or business. And hey, what if you got a crack in your windshield? You got a crack right down the middle. That sun hits that crack right in your line of sight and magnifies it. Oh, Anyway, go get your windshield replaced out there at Lakeland Glass and Tent on Lakeland Drive. Get your windows tinted at the Flowood Drive location. I call it their campus. Super nice facility. They also do vehicle wraps. And uh, I know we talk about that a lot on here because I think they're super cool. And you can get them ceramic coated and just last forever. You can make your car a rolling billboard. Or heck, you just want to change the color but don't want to go pay a body shop to do it. And you may want to take it back to that factory color. They got all these um, you know, flat colors and matte colors and stuff. Man, matte black looks so cool on a vehicle. But they have plenty of others to choose from as well. Anyway, they can design you something custom or just put you a plain color on there. Or heck, you got a wall in your business. You want to put some your logo on, your menu on if you're a restaurant, whatever. They can do all that. So give them a shout. 601-946-1000 or check out lakelandglassintent.com. I love branding. So they just do such a good job of branding over there. I'm going to try to get Jason back on the show here soon. Uh, on Fridays, my goal is to try to interview entrepreneurs that I think are doing really cool stuff. And Jason is definitely one of the people I want to get back on here just to talk about what he's doing over there and what drives him. And uh, just like we did the Testimonial Tuesdays where we talked to people who have uh, beat their addictions, I want to talk to people who are successful in other lines of things too because maybe one person out there hears something or is just missing that one little key to their success and they hear something and it helps them get over the hump. I would love for the Clay Edwards Show to be a part of that. So we're going to start interviewing folks. I got a fella coming in this Friday. He just bought Hub City. I'm sorry. He just bought Battlefield Drag Strip out in Chunky, Mississippi. Moved his family here from Arizona. I think Garrett Rudd is his name. I'm not looking at it, and I apologize if I get it wrong there. And he's also the one facilitating bringing Hub City Drag Strip back in Hattiesburg. So we all have a lot of emotional attachment to Hub City Dragway. If you grew up in central Mississippi in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and you like fast cars, you spent some time at Hub City. So get out there and support that. Good stuff for sure. Um, well, He'll be here Friday morning doing two hours with me. So I'm looking forward to that. But we will get out there and support Hub City when he gets it back going. And uh, Battlefield Drag Strip, that's going to be really neat too. So <clears throat> we'll be working on that. Somebody just texted me and told me I need to, on the Guns and Gear text line, says I need to interview Dr. Witcher. He's going to be running for governor. So I, I got I did get that news the other day about Dr. Witcher. So let me explain to y'all real quick how interviewing political candidates work. I'm all for interviewing anybody running for office, but it ain't free. <laughs> At the end of the day, it ain't free. They're trying to accomplish something. I'm trying to accomplish something. And uh, we have we have rules and regulations up here at the station. There is a fee for an interview. Uh, if you want me to interview somebody, that can be your campaign donation to them. 
or they can pay it, however you want to do it. But I am all for interviewing anybody. I don't care what side of the aisle they're on. We will gladly hear their story. We'll treat them respectfully. And uh, obviously there's some people I'm pulling for, but uh, I can't just let them on the show because it'll be good conversation uh, and they're running for office because then I have to let everybody on and I'm not doing that either. Just uh, I'm not going to be that place. So uh, if anybody's interested in me interviewing a particular political candidate, get with me. I'll discuss the rate with you and uh, either you can pay it for them or they can pay it. However y'all want to do it. But uh, <clears throat> I do want to get that out of the way because I've had a lot of people mention why don't I interview them, why don't I interview them, or different candidates since I've been doing this. And at the end of the day, that's why. it uh, You got to pay to play. Got to pay to play. All right. So, man, hey, look, thank you, Therese, for coming in. And I'm just going to go on to tell you, I just closed the deal with Therese as she was walking out the door. She's going to start coming and doing as close to every Tuesday as possible with us again. Those are some of the most successful shows we ever had here. And uh, she had, you know, her schedule's crazy. She's a business owner, one of the most respected journalists in the state. But I, I think she's going to come back and start doing one to two hours with me every Tuesday. And uh, like I said, I, I still want to do a law call show. If you're a lawyer out there and you want to come and do a law call show with me, the space is available. Get in touch with me. Let me help build your brand with the Clay Edwards Show and WYAB audience. Yesterday, <clears throat> I had a fella, I'm gonna, not going to say his name, but older fellow, retired uh, dentist here in the state, in the central Mississippi area, very well-respected individual, was listening to the show. Heard me talking about my stance on Ukraine and why I don't support that war. Or why not, not I'm sorry, why I don't support us sending money to pay for that war. And uh, he actually came up here to the studio as I was leaving, as I was getting off the air yesterday. And we had a great, about an hour, 45 minute or so conversation. And look, guys, I love that kind of stuff. I love that. Um, and I mean, this dude was truly concerned about what he could do to make Jackson better. I mean, he was ready to jump on a plane and go over to uh, Ukraine. He's read books about Zelensky and stuff, which I, I wouldn't believe none of that stuff. But he, he uh, this this dude has a great heart, and he wants to give back, and he he's you know he wants his legacy to be that he gave back and contributed, and actually tried to save Jackson. He said he changed churches back recently to a uh, church he was going to because the pastor got on the TV and said they were going to start trying to save Jackson, and he was interested in how that how that was going to happen. So he started back going back to church there. He still doesn't know how they're going to do it, and neither do I. <laughs> but great conversation. And if you're listening right now, sir, I just want to thank you for coming by yesterday. You really made my day. And it's nice to know there's people out there that put their money and their time where their mouth is. I had to put my mouth where my mouth is. This is my time. <laughs> so it takes away from some of the other things that I wish I could do. But uh, kudos to you for taking the time and resources to do what you do. You know, I talk about it a lot. <clears throat> I do not support foreign foreign missionary work. I mean, to each their own. I'm not telling you you're wrong for doing it. Don't, don't take this as an attack. I'm just saying that for me, like my ministry, if whatever you want to call it, my missionary is local. Like I want to see local do good. And it's not a knock against anything non-local or national or international. That's fine. I ain't hating. I'm just saying, I want to see 
resources that I have control of take care of the people around me. Even as much as I despise what's going on in Jackson right now, I'd rather see water wells get built in Jackson than Ethiopia. That's just me. My parents own a house in Jackson. Just went 10 days-ish without water again. You know, I'd like to see water wells built around here. I'd like to see that massive water well that Andy Gibson tapped into down at the fairgrounds distributed to all of the downtown business district and Fondren and Bellhaven. Because those are the areas that are going to keep Jackson alive. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Keep Jackson functioning. Where the capital's at and all that. And I, I do think that's still a prediction of mine. I still think that this legislative session, if not this year, next year, they'll have to do something about making sure that they're tied into the water down there because it's going to be a long time before the city of Jackson is able to put that money to use that 600 million. They got to figure out how to steal as much of it as possible first. And then what's left is just going to do the bare minimum work. And, you know, you think about inflation and rise of everything costing more money and all that. I know that's inflation. That $600 million ain't going to go quite as far as you think, especially if they start having to tear up streets and replace pipes and this, that, and the other. It just ain't going to go far. I mean, think about all the consulting firms they're going to have to hire, all the studies they're going to have to do. I mean, they can't even find all the leaks in the city now keeping the water pressure out of whack. <clears throat> there was a There was a fire hydrant that apparently had been running for about a year. Uh, in a community here in Jackson somewhere the other day, last week. I should have paid more attention to the to the story when I saw it. There was a fire hydrant running for almost a year. The, finally, the, the people that lived in the neighborhood cut it off. I mean, look, I, I don't know. I've never ran a water plant. But when you're telling me you got low water pressure issues, if you got a fire hydrant pouring water out for a year straight, that's probably going to affect the water pressure issue. Again, I just got a GED. What do I know? A couple years out of Heinz. You know, again, I ain't ran a water facility, but neither has Chalkway. So we got something in common. Um, anyway, man, just complete crap show. Complete crap show. All right, look, I'm going to go ahead and take a little early break here, a couple minutes early. Reset. Come back. I got some more things I want to talk about. If y'all want to call in, you want to reset anything that we've talked about so far this morning, 601-879-0002. The Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1944. I'm going to get to all of your texts. Y'all were blowing it up while I had Therese in here. She had to go. She had an appointment. But uh, I will revisit your text, too. We'll be right back on 1039 WYAB. Clay Edwards Show. It's hour number three. We'll be doing three hours on Mondays and Tuesdays here on the Clay Edwards Show. We're live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. Real quick, man. Happy birthday to my dad out there. Roy Bowles, man. Happy birthday. What are you, man? About 45? We about the same age now? <laughs> happy birthday to my dad. We all went out to a back porch, uh, let's see, Saturday night. Had a good time with the family. And so, happy birthday to my dad. If you see him today, let him know. Getting old, man. Getting old. I'm just messing with him. All right. 
So one of the things we've talked about a lot on the show is, uh, I tell you what, before we get to that, Derek is on hold. Let me, let's get to Derek. Hey, Derek. Man, what's going on with you, brother? That was several segments ago about what I wanted to say, but I know you, you're on a roll. Well, I, I put you on hold, and I'll just be honest, I, I completely forgot. I looked down a couple minutes later, and you had, you had hung up, so I do apologize. Ah, no problem. No, I just wanted to let me back on what you were saying earlier about about what Therese was saying about the difference of, you know, what they try to say. You're not really Gen X. They try to call you a Zenny. Zillennial? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Back in our day, courtship was totally different. You didn't pull up to the yard and blow the horn and all that nonsense. You came and knocked on the door and you came in. Um, and then you also, if you called, you acknowledge the parents first. In the Vietnamese community, it's a supreme insult to not acknowledge the father before you acknowledge anybody else in the house. And if you don't, nobody in the family is going to talk to you at all. No, yeah, look, man, I, I'm telling you, I, I specifically remember having to call a girl, of course, anybody 40 or under, I mean, 40 or mm-hmm. older, remembers, I mean, you called a girl's house or a boy's house or whatever, you know, you, you had to, you, you got drilled by the parents first. Then you had to go over your whole pedigree. Exactly, and you may, you may have to do that every time you call because it wasn't like they, everybody had caller ID either, so they had to figure out who it was, and you know, you, who was your who was your folks? What family you come from? <laughs> you know, all that type. Of, yeah, I can remember all that. But Clay, I want to leave this with you. Okay, I wanted, to, I wanted to tell. Well, two things real quick. Um, I wanted to say when Teresa was on. Well, back when I was growing up in the country. And coming from a you know uh, um, a, a church going background, when a young lady asked you if you were interested in a young lady, and she asked you to come to a, a church program or a program, then you wonder why she didn't date you. That's because going to church was the date. <laughs> That's it, brother. That's it. Yeah, going. Yeah, when she asked you to go to church, that was the date. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. I was listening to a little podcast thing on the way in this morning. It just kind of accidentally came on. I wasn't seeking it out, but it was talking about like red flags, things to avoid, as far as like mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of women and stuff to date. And it was like what they call a uh, bar stars and girls that are always going out dancing and stuff like that. And it's yeah. like you know, it's like man, if you if all their pictures of them in a bar, or them drinking, or this, that, and the other, you know, avoid that. And it just got me to thinking. It's like, well, when, like, when do girls? I mean, do people still invite people to church for the first date, or is that if you only yeah. meet in church? You know, or, or those women that only take pictures with their tongues out and in seductive poses and just looking like a, a hot picking fool. Uh, which brings me to my next point, Trey. I mean, um, Clay, you broke the man code on me, bro. Yeah, I'm disappointed in you. What did I do? Just, just think about it. I ain't sure. Just think about it. You you were sending to the guns and gear tech. Yeah, I'm having a I'm having a brain fart here. I do so okay, much. I, I do so much as the days go. I tend to forget what I do and don't do. I said I can't believe you, dog. I said you, you hurt me there, bro. You hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm about to tell you. You're gonna laugh when you see it. All right, shoot it to me. Yeah, man. Have a good one. All right, you too. See you later. Bye. I'll keep y'all posted on what my man code violation was there. I am a I am a little curious. So, you know, I posted something this morning. On my Facebook. Well, I tell you what, I want to do the Kratom stuff. Uh, I've, I've had this saved to talk about for two days. We're going to do this. This is uh, from over the weekend on WLBT. State representatives working to get Kratom off the shelves in Mississippi. You know, I appreciate everybody mes- messaging me and stuff, <clears throat> asking me like about the different brands, the different strains, and all that, and kind of what I like, and so on and so forth. And, I, you know, if anybody has any questions about it, 
don't hesitate. Reach out to me. I'll tell you what I know. I ain't encouraging anybody to just randomly start doing it unless you want to. <laughs> You're an adult. You can do whatever you want. That's what I believe in. So it says uh, Pine Belt, Mississippi, W-D-A-M, Kratom and Tenepatine. I think I'm saying Tenep. Anyway, what's that? Kratom could find itself off the shelves in Mississippi. State Representative Donnie, Donnie Scoggins, y'all remember that name, is working to pass House Bill 364, making both it illegal to sell and, let me see here, making it illegal to sell, making it illegal to sell them. Sorry, I was reading it wrong. House Bill 364, making it Schedule 1 and making it illegal to sell. Yeah, let's make it a Schedule 1 narcotic. That makes sense. Once it's illegal to sell, then hopefully we can get it off of the gas store shelves and make it a whole lot harder to get, said Scoggins. Many people in Jones County, including Anne Marie Brom, have strong feelings against Kratom due to personal experiences. The effects of Kratom will forever affect me, and I will never take it, said Brom. Brom said her husband killed himself after taking a significant amount of Kratom. Anytime I go into a store and see a big glass case of Kratom, I just want to smash the glass, said Brom. Local officials said that the negative side effects have no bounds. Some say the worst part is the addictiveness. Uh, it's extremely addictive, says Scoggins. It's got the same qualities as an opioid does. While others think the availability is a big issue, it's a sleeping terror in our communities that is readily accessible, said Jeton Stevens, director of Dying to Live. Some people claim to experience positive side effects from Kratom. A lot of patients say that it's helped them, Scoggins says. It helps with the pain. It helps with the myalgia and arthritis and things like that. Yet Scoggins believes, I'm sorry, yet Scoggins hopes to see HB 364 passed in the law and see what's referred to as gas station heroin off the shelves. So she doesn't care how many people it's helped. All she's worried about is her husband was on this when he died. I, I bet you a bazillion dollars Kratom did not kill her husband. It sounds like he may have killed himself in this. That is my guess. Because there's only one reported true Kratom death in, in America. And I'm guessing this ain't it. So let's see everybody else suffer because her husband was probably dealing with a bunch of other things. And just so happened to have some Kratom. The HB 364 will face the Drug Policy Committee next week. If approved, it will have to be passed through the House and Senate before ending up on the governor's desk for signature. I highly recommend calling your your local representative and letting them know that you don't want this nonsense uh, passed. At the end of the day, you do not want it passed. Don't let the loud minority of people who have stories like this speak for everybody. I mean, I have sympathy for people. Of course I have sympathy for people. I have sympathy for addicts. I do uh, Occasionally I do a whole show about uh, with people in here giving their testimonies. I clearly have sympathy for addicts. I consider myself a, a recovered addict. But I also do not believe that addiction is a disease. I know that's an unpopular opinion in the addiction world. I do not believe addiction is a disease. You know, oh, well, Clay, you can get a, you can get a disease from it. You can, you, you can get a disease from addiction. Right? Is sex a disease? You can get diseases from sex. Is that a disease? Same thing. It's all about personal choices and personal responsibility. Addiction is not a disease. It is a choice. I don't care what anybody says. You'll never change my mind on that. Ever. Do I have sympathy for you? 
and the struggles and all that? I absolutely do. But I do not believe addiction is a disease. All right. <clears throat> Let's hit the Guns and Gear text line up and uh, see what we got going on there. A lot of texts from during the show. A lot of y'all wanted to see that picture of them folks. <laughs> so I did send it. I got a picture of that girl from when she went first went to jail and what she looks like now. I mean, she gained 100 pounds. And she had on orange in both shirts. So I call her the great jack-o'-lantern. She's wearing orange in both photos. And, was, and, she, and she's about to be wearing an orange jumpsuit. So she just, I hope orange is her color. Maybe she's just trying to get used to it. Let's see here. Rick says, can't fix Jackson until you realize the path we are on is a race to the bottom. Let's see here. Uh, Unknown Texture says, if you believe Kratom should be left alone, how do you feel about weed? I think weed should be left alone, too. Weed should be legalized. I ain't got no problem with it, with any of it. I really don't. Um, I thought they should have made, they should have legalized what they call recreational adult use on marijuana. I just, people don't, we have got to quit trying to legislate morality or whatever you want to call it. Sometimes you just got to let people figure out if they do or don't want something. I, you, you just think everybody's going to turn into a dope head if you give them the opportunity? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I just uh, I find it odd, man. I do. I find it odd that people think that if you remove something from a shelf that it's going to make it harder to get. It's just going to make it illegal to get. I mean, look at marijuana, for instance. Man, I know more people on my phone that smoke marijuana than drink beer. And it ain't legal yet. So you're not gonna you're not gonna prohibition anything into out of existence. You're just not gonna do it. Every time they try that, you know, Mike Madison talks about it talked about it a lot when he had a show. It's called the Iron Law Prohibition. All they're gonna do is take a smaller, stronger substance and replace it with whatever you're outlawing. Uh, for example, the opioid crisis. That's why we had the fentanyl crisis now. Is it super, super small, and it's super, super powerful. So we need to get, uh, you, you know, you, you try to eliminate pain pain pills. Okay, too many people strung out on pain pills. And now you got this one thing here, this kratom, that people swear by that are coming off addiction from pain pills, generally created by their pharmaceutical doctors, writing writing medicines to them. Most people didn't go out into the street and just start smoking heroin and become an opioid addict. Most people were written prescriptions by their doctors and turned into and, and created an opioid addiction. Then they finally find something that's not your suboxins and all this big pharma nonsense to get off of this addiction, to break this addiction. They find this Kratom stuff. And because that's how you know something works. Because they want to outlaw it. That's how I know it works. That's how I tried it in the first place was, oh, the DA wants to outlaw this. This must actually work. And I'd be dang if it didn't. It actually worked with no side effects. Didn't make me feel high. Didn't make me feel crazy. Didn't kill me. Didn't do anything. But take care of the few little things that I was dealing with. So... But that's how they work. 
You got a bunch of people who don't never do it, trying to tell everybody else what they're supposed to do. Let's see here. Same person that texts about the, the weed question says, natural ways are better than pharmaceutical. It's all about the money. Absolutely. Let's take a call here. Hey, Carl, you're on there. Yes, sir. How you doing? Is this Mr. Edwards? Yes. Yes, sir. My name, you can call me Free Man. I was just calling to comment on your Kratom comment. Yeah, come on, uh, brother. I, I agree with you completely. I actually have a sister-in-law that is a heroin addict that got on the Suboxone Clinic and then has tried to get herself off the Suboxone Clinic, and it is ten times worse, the withdrawals, and double the length that it takes. And I myself use Kratom. Uh, I got bad sick because I got hurt. The VA missed my broke rib and collarbone, and I was taking ibuprofen, and it caused me to get stomach ulcers, and I still kept working. I use Kratom to get through that because it doesn't, if once you figure out your own dosage of what you need, there is no side effects. There is nothing, but it allows you to have your energy. It allows you to move and work throughout the pain. And it is a miraculous drug, but you even have DOT doctors. And when I do a DOT physical, I list herbal supplements. So I tell them about it, and they try to make me feel like I'm a drug addict for using it. And then proceed to try to argue with me, saying, well, I have a degree in this. Well, so do I, and it's a plant. Then they try to argue, well, cocaine's from a plant, but it has to go through a chemical process in order to be manufactured, versus marijuana and kratom are straight from the plant. There's no additives there's no anything and the the issue i've come to realize is that a lot of them i heard allison Noe yesterday i know her personally great woman and she's not going to tell you anything that she doesn't know and hasn't done her due diligence and they're at their the holistic approach is being denied and that because it poses a direct threat to big pharma which heard an interesting statistic and you can probably find this more readily than I can but 80% of all pharmaceuticals are based on a molecular structure of some plant found in nature but it's made in the lab incredible brother incredible hey great phone call I gotta take my break please start calling the show more man you really brought it this morning I appreciate it All right, thank you sir you have a good one and keep up the fight Mr. Edward you have a good one you too free man appreciate you Great call there, man. A little loud in the background, but I'll take that. All right, we're going to take a break real quick, come back, land this plane for the day. This is the Clay Edwards Show on 103.9 WYAB. The Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. Man, a great call there from Freeman. And that's what they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear that. So let's make sure that we make them hear us. Donnie Scoggins, state rep up there in North Mississippi, man. I'll get y'all his number. I got a blue book with all their contact information. Let's make sure he hears from us. Let's make sure our local reps on the Senate and the House side hear from us. Let them know that you don't want this stuff banned. You know, you're letting a loud minority speak for the overwhelming majority. And even if you don't agree with Kratom, we don't need the government telling us what we can or can't or have to or not allowed to put in our bodies. No different than the vaccine. I don't want them telling me I got to put that in my body. But I don't care if they put it in theirs. I don't care what you do. Put all the vaccine in you you want. I don't want none of it. Why don't you just, why don't you treat Kratom the same way? Why don't you treat marijuana 
the same way. You don't have to do it. Just like I don't have to take the vaccine. But others want to do it. I don't care what you put in your body. But keep your hands off mines. Mines is. All right, man, this has been the Clay Edwards Show. Jameson Haygood up next. Jameson Show is back to two hours. I did not know that till yesterday. So Jameson Haygood up next. I'll see you all tomorrow. 1039 WYAB. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.